0: section forty one part two chapter four continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blascuibanes translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain she said it with a look that seemed to implore pardon with the sad sincerity of one who has given up lying and weeps in foreseeing the injury that the truth must inflict he felt his hard wrath suddenly dwindling like a crumbling mountain ah oh, marguerite his voice was tremulous and despairing could it be possible that everything between these two was going to end thus simply were her former vows mere lies they had been attracted to each other by an irresistible affinity in order to be together for ever to be one and now suddenly hardened by indifference were they to drift apart like two unfriendly bodies what did this absurdity about loving him at the same time that she loved her former husband mean anyway marguerite hung her head murmuring desperately you are a man i am a woman you would never understand me no matter what i may say men are not able to comprehend certain of our mysteries a woman would be better able to appreciate the complexity desnoyers felt that he must know his fate in all its cruelty she might speak without fear he felt strong enough to bear the blow what had laurier said when he found that he was being so tenderly cared for by he does not know who i am he believes me to be a war nurse like the rest who pities him seeing him alone and blind with no relatives to write to him or visit him at certain times i have almost suspected that he guesses the truth my voice the touch of my hands made him shiver at first as though with an unpleasant sensation i have told him that i am a belgian lady who has lost her loved ones and is alone in the world he has told me his life story very sketchily as if he desired to forget a hated past never one disagreeable word about his former wife there are nights when i think he knows me that he takes advantage of his blindness in order to prolong his feigned ignorance and that distresses me i long for him to recover his sight for the doctors to save that doubtful eye and yet at the same time i feel afraid what will he say when he recognises me but no it is better that he should see no matter what may result you cannot understand my anxiety you cannot know what i am suffering she was silent for an instant trying to regain her self-control again tortured with the agony of her soul oh the war she resumed what changes in our life two months ago my present situation would have appeared impossible unimaginable i caring for my husband fearing that he would discover my identity and leave me yet at the same time wishing that he would recognize me and pardon me it is only one week that i have been with him i disguise my voice when i can and avoid words that may reveal the truth but this cannot keep up much longer it is only in novels that such painful situations turn out happily doubt suddenly overwhelmed her i believe she continued that he has recognised me from the first he is silent and feigns ignorance because he despises me because he can never bring himself to pardon me i have been so bad i have wronged him so she was recalling the long and reflective silences of the wounded man after she had dropped some imprudent words after two days of submission to her care he had been somewhat rebellious avoiding going out with her for a walk because of his blind helplessness and comprehending the uselessness of his resistance he had finally yielded in passive silence let him think what he will concluded marguerite courageously let him despise me i am here where i ought to be i need his forgiveness but if he does not pardon me i shall stay with him just the same there are moments when i wish that he may never recover his sight so that he may always need me so that i may pass my life at his side sacrificing everything for him and i said desnoyers marguerite looked at him with clouded eyes as though she were just awakening it was true and the other one kindled by the proposed sacrifice which was to be her expiation she had forgotten the man before her you she said after a long pause you must leave me life is not what we have thought it had it not been for the war we might perhaps have realised our dream but now listen carefully and try to understand for the remainder of my life i shall carry the heaviest burden and yet at the same time it will be sweet since." the more it weighs me down the greater will my atonement be never will i leave this man whom i have so grievously wronged now that he is more alone in the world and will need protection like a child why do you come to share my fate how could it be possible for you to live with a nurse constantly at the side of a blind and worthy man whom we would constantly offend with our passion no it is better for us to part go your way alone and untrammelled leave me you will meet other women who will make you more happy than i yours is the temperament that finds new pleasures at every step she stood firmly to her decision her voice was calm but back of it trembled the emotion of a last farewell to a joy which was going from her forever the man would be loved by others and she was giving him up but the noble sadness of the sacrifice restored her courage only by this renunciation could she expiate her sins julio dropped his eyes vanquished and perplexed the picture of the future outlined by marguerite terrified him to live with her as a nurse taking advantage of her patient's blindness would be to offer him fresh insult every day ah no that would be villainy indeed He was now ashamed to recall the malignity with which a little while before he had regarded this innocent unfortunate he realized that he was powerless to contend with him weak and helpless as he was sitting there on the garden bench he was stronger and more deserving of respect than julio desnoyers with all his youth and elegance the victim had amounted to something in his life he had done what julio had not dared to do this sudden conviction of his inferiority made him cry out like an abandoned child what will become of me marguerite too contemplating the love which was going from her forever her vanquished hopes the future illumined by the satisfaction of duty fulfilled but monotonous and painful cried out and i what will become of me as though he had suddenly found a solution which was reviving his courage desnoyers said listen marguerite i can read your soul you love this man and you do well he is superior to me and women are always attracted by superiority i am a coward yes do not protest i am a coward with all my youth with all my strength why should you not have been impressed by the conduct of this man but i will atone for past wrongs this country is yours marguerite i will fight for it do not say no and moved by his hasty heroism he outlined the plan more definitely he was going to be a soldier soon she would hear him well spoken of his idea was either to be stretched on the battlefield in his first encounter or to astonish the world by his bravery in this way the impossible situation would settle itself either the oblivion of death or glory no no interrupted marguerite in an anguished tone you know one is enough how horrible you too wounded mutilated forever perhaps dead no you must live i want you to live even though you might belong to another let me know that you exist let me see you sometimes even though you may have forgotten me even though you may pass me with indifference as if you did not know me in this outburst her deep love for him rang true her heroic and inflexible love which would accept all penalties for herself if only the beloved one might continue to live but then in order that julio might not feel any false hopes she added live you must not die that would be for me another torment but live without me no matter how much we may talk about it my destiny beside the other one is marked out forever oh how you love him how you have deceived me in a last desperate attempt at explanation she again repeated what she had said at the beginning of their interview she loved julio and she loved her husband they were different kinds of love she could not say which was the stronger but misfortune was forcing her to choose between the two and she was accepting the most difficult the one demanding the greatest sacrifices you are a man and you will never be able to understand me a woman would comprehend me it seemed to julio as he looked around him as though the afternoon were undergoing some celestial phenomenon the garden was still illuminated by the sun but the green of the trees the yellow of the ground the blue of the sky all appeared to him as dark and shadowy as though a rain of ashes were falling then all is over between us his pleading trembling voice charged with tears made her turn her head to hide her emotion then in the painful silence the two despairs formed one and the same question as if interrogating the shades of the future what will become of me murmured the man and like an echo her lips repeated what will become of me all had been said hopeless words came between the two like an obstacle momentarily increasing in size impelling them in opposite directions why prolong the painful interview marguerite showed the ready and energetic decision of a woman who wishes to bring a scene to a close Goodbye her face had assumed a yellowish cast her pupils had become dull and clouded like the glass of a lantern when the light dies out good-bye she must go to her patient she went away without looking at him and desnoyers instinctively went in the opposite direction as he became more self-controlled and turned to look at her again he saw her moving on and giving her arm to the blind man without once turning her head he now felt convinced that he should never see her again and became oppressed by an almost suffocating agony and could two beings who had formerly considered the universe concentrated in their persons thus easily be separated forever his desperation at finding himself alone made him accuse himself of stupidity now his thoughts came tumbling over each other in a tumultuous throng and each one of them seemed to him sufficient to have convinced marguerite he certainly had not known how to express himself he would have to talk with her again and he decided to remain in lourdes he passed a night of torture in the hotel listening to the ripple of the river among its stones insomnia had him in its fierce jaws gnawing at him with interminable agony he turned on the light several times but was not able to read his eyes looked with stupid fixity at the patterns of the wallpaper and the pious pictures around the room which had evidently served as the lodging place of some rich traveller he remained motionless and as abstracted as an oriental who thinks himself into an absolute lack of thought one idea only was dancing in the vacuum in his skull i shall never see her again can such a thing be possible he drowsed for a few seconds only to be awakened with the sensation that some horrible explosion was sending him through the air and so with sweats of anguish he wakefully passed the hours until in the gloom of his room the dawn showed a milky rectangle of light and began to be reflected on the window curtains the velvet-like caress of day finally closed his eyes upon awakening he found that the morning was well advanced and he hurried to the garden of the grotto oh the hours of tremulous and unavailing waiting believing that he recognized marguerite in every white-clad lady that came along guiding a wounded patient by afternoon after a lunch whose dishes filed past him untouched he returned to the garden in search of her beholding her in the distance with a blind man leaning on her arm a feeling of faintness came over him she looked to him taller thinner her face sharper with two dark hollows in her cheeks and her eyes bright with fever the lids drawn with weariness he suspected that she too had passed an anguished night of tenacious self-centred thought of grievous stupefaction like his own in the room of her hotel suddenly he felt all the weight of insomnia and listlessness all the depressing emotion of the cruel sensations experienced in the last few hours oh how miserable they both were she was walking warily looking from one side to the other as though foreseeing danger upon discovering him she clung to her charge casting upon her former lover a look of entreaty of desperation imploring pity ay that look he felt ashamed of himself his personality appeared to be unrolling itself before him and he surveyed himself with the eyes of a judge what was this seduced and useless man called julio desnoyers doing there tormenting with his presence a poor woman trying to turn her from her righteous repentance insisting on his selfish and petty desires when all humanity was thinking of other things his cowardice angered him like a thief taking advantage of the sleep of his victim he was stalking around this brave and true man who could not see him who could not defend himself in order to rob him of the only affection that he had in the world which had so miraculously returned to him very well gentleman desnoyers oh what a scoundrel he was such subconscious insults made him draw himself erect in haughty cruel and inexorable defiance against that other I, who so richly deserved the judge's scorn he turned his head away he could not meet marguerite's piteous eyes he feared their mute reproach neither did he dare to look at the blind man in his shabby and heroic uniform with his countenance aged by duty and glory he feared him like remorse so the vanquished lover turned his back on the two and went away with a firm step good-bye love good-bye happiness he marched quickly and bravely on a miracle had just taken place within him he had found the right road at last to paris a new impetus was going to fill the vacuum of his objectless existence end of section forty one